Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 228 for the 9th of Tammuz and a leap year. So there's a school of psychology which originated in Germany in the early 20th century, referred to as Gestalt psychology. And what Gestalt psychology is most famous for is the idea of the whole being greater than the sum of its parts. So what was meant by this, seeing as it was a school of psychology and thus related to the human mind and to perception, is that when we perceive the world around us, when we look around at the world around us, we, our minds have a way of creating meaning out of the various component parts, individualistic parts around us, that we have the ability to kind of fill in the blanks, so to speak. So let's say if you see, uh, you might've seen some of these exercises that Gestalt, that are originated in Gestalt psychology, where there's kind of like this like shape, like let's say there's a square, right? Or what looks to us to be a square. But if you actually look at it, all it is, is four lines. Like let's say there's a line on top, a line on the bottom, a line on the side, and a line on the other side, but there's a space between each one of these lines. So really all you're seeing are four disconnected lines, but our brain has a way of connecting these lines together and making it into a square so that we actually see a square. So the basic idea is that when you have two things that on their own are really totally just very separate and very distinct things, like let's say you have two lines, if you put those two lines together in a very specific way, you're going to get something totally different that is totally beyond what these two lines were on their own. Now, the interesting thing is Gestalt psychology really talks about this in terms of perception and not in terms of the essence of what these lines are, really what these different things are. But what we're going to be learning about today is that there's actually some truth to this in a real way, in the sense that when you combine two different things, two of different things, it actually creates something greater than just those few things on their own. We can see this also, I mean, in life, in, in, uh, in a lot of things in life, for example, let's say if you have a car, if you break down the components of a car, each one of the components of a car on its own is not very useful. It's not something that we would call a car. It'd just be like a motor, a wheel, whatever it is. But somehow when you bring them all together, then you have a car. If you're baking a cake, if you break down the ingredients of the cake, each ingredient on its own probably won't taste very good. If you just like sit there and eat flour or even sugar on its own, it's not going to taste as good as if you combine all those ingredients together and then it becomes something new, something called a cake. So these are all different examples that can help us understand this idea that while there are different things that exist that are separate, sometimes when you take those separate entities and you bring them together, it creates something totally new, totally beyond uh, what those two separate things were on their own.
And this is a really nice illustration and way that we can understand what it is that we're going to be learning about in the Tanya today, namely in terms of the letters of creation. So we've already been learning for quite a while in this section of the Tanya known as the Sharia Chudra Amuna that the letters, the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet are the building blocks by which God creates the world, not only our world, but all of the worlds, the supernal worlds and the lower worlds and all of the creatures therein. And we spoke about how a way to understand this is by looking at these 22 letters, not so much literally as the way that we tend to understand letters, the way that we think of letters in a, in a literal sense, but to think of these letters as each one of them being specific types of divine flow and influence of vitality and energy into the world. And we can kind of relate to this in a sense when we think about the fact that when we speak, we're using different letters in order to speak the words and express ourselves. We're using letters. So this is why we call these divine influences and these divine, uh, this divine flow of energy letters as well. So we've spoken about this already, about how each one of these 22 letters are like a specific type of divine vitality and energy. Today, we're going to take it a step further, and we're going to talk about how, on the one hand, each one of these 22 letters really has its own very specific and individualistic vitality to it, which is extremely unique to it. To it. Then, not only that, but when these letters get combined into words, and then even further into sentences, they take on a, an entirely new type of influence and flow. Just like, again, going back to a car, for example, that if you take a motor and you take a wheel and you take a steering wheel and each one of these things individually, each one of those things can be used for many different purposes. And each one of those things has its own unique type of existence, its own unique power. But when you combine all of the components together, you get something entirely new. You get an entirely new uh, invention, which is known as a car, right? And think about it. What are inventions? Um, anyways, inventions really are when people figure out a way to take things that already exist and combine them in a new and original way. So like the first person who thought of an airplane. So like, I don't know if this is a true story or not. I can't remember where I heard this, but I remember hearing once that it was the person that thought of uh, creating an airplane really thought of a bird and then they thought of a car and they thought about what would it be like to combine these two things together. So the process of invention, we think of it as a very creative process and it really is because what does it mean for something to be creative? If you describe somebody as being creative, what does it really mean if you think about it? Being creative really means that you're taking different things and you're combining them in new ways. Like there's the idea of how there's nothing new that exists under the sun, right? Like everything, all of the raw material is here. Everything that can and will be invented ever forever times, the, the potential for, for it exists right now. Like the, the God's creating the world something from nothing at all times, but nothing new is being created here. But yet we see new inventions coming about all the time. And this is because people are figuring out new ways to combine and sort different things together to create new things. So this is really what God does. This is literally how it is that God creates the world is by taking these different building blocks that he uses to create the world and, uh, and combining them in different ways in order to bring about all kinds of different types of things. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And we're going to talk about how it's not only the, the words themselves, but even the phrases, the phrases that we see in the Torah through which God created the world, the utterances, those had their own unique capacity, their own unique combination that created 
the, its own type of creation. So the Altarov is going to give the example of the firmament and the heavens, which is one of the, the things that are spoken about in the story of creation, how it is that God created the firmament to separate between the higher waters and the lower waters, and how the letters that are made up of that phrase can be thought of as a specific combination of letters that creates this specific divine flow that can bring about that was able and is able to bring about the specific type of creation that we know of as a firmament. So I think that all of this is a good intro, and I think we're ready to dive right into the text and see how the Altarba uh, explains all of this. So here we go. So again, we're beginning chapter 12 of Shari Chodvamuna, which is the final chapter of Shari Chodvamuna. So very exciting. We're going to be finishing our second book of, uh, of the Tanya tomorrow. So here we go. So chapter 12. So continuing from last time, we talked about the idea that there are only 22 letters. So that's like a limited amount of letters, right? But we see that all of the creatures in the world are divided up into their different types, different species in a general sense and in a more particular sense through the different combinations and substitutions and transpositions as we spoke about before. Because every letter is a drawing down of a very specific uh, vitality and power that's very particular to it. And when each one of these letters become, uh, when they get combined in order, to, in, a, in a certain way, in order to create a word, then not only are, are we then drawing down, like not only is drawn down like the particular energy flow from each one of the letters individually, but this word together, like the combination of the word altogether, this brings down a supernal vitality, a supernal type of power in a more general sense that is equivalent to the energy flow of all the individual letters and it actually transcends them all. So this is the idea, again, just going back to the intro of the Gestalt psychology idea that if you take the individual letters, each one of the individual letters has its own unique uh, power, its own unique vitality. But then when you combine them into a word, this word, not only does it contain each individual letter in a vital way, but it, it this word creates a new vitality, like a, a vitality that transcends just the individual letters. And this vitality, which transcends the individual letters, is what is what allows these letters to combine in, and unite in this very particular way uh, to bring about this particular energy flow into the world, which is made up of general things, uh, general vitality and more specific vitality. And now the ultra epic goes into a short side note here where he says that, and just like every one of the letters of the 22 letters of the Torah brings down a specific vitality and energy um, that is not drawn down with any other letter. So too, is this the case in terms of the way that the, the written shape of the letter? So it's not just about like the vocalization, like we've talked a lot about God and God speaking th these letters, but also their actual written shape, their form of the letter has a very particular, it's very particular and it's very distinct. And this form that it has, it actually illustrates what it is that it, this, the, the flow, the type of vitality that is being drawn down and the type of light and 
and uh, power that is being revealed through this particular letter, how it is being drawn down and how it is being revealed from Hashem's midos, from God's uh, God's attributes and God's will and God's wisdom. So it's so basically it's like if you look at the the shape of the letters and what they look like, it's not random. It's not just like okay, we have to write down letters so that they look a specific way, just so that we have like you know a code that we know how what which word which letter we're referring to. It's actually very specific, and each one of the letters you can look at them and you can actually some people know more about this and people that are more knowledgeable in Kabbalah and that kind of thing, you can actually look at the Hebrew letters and you can say why they're shaped in different ways and what energy they're they're drawing down through their different things. So you see sometimes in Chassidus, for example, like you look at the letter Aleph and how it's made up of a Vav and two Yuds and what that's about or the hay and how it has, there's like a top line, a side line, and those two connect. And then there's the middle line that uh, that is disconnected from it and what that what that's about. So there, there's a whole study of the form of the Hebrew letters. So there, there's something very powerful there that illustrates the different types of flow of energy that comes down through the letters. Okay, so now the ultra goes back into the main text and he's going to go back to this idea of just the basic speaking of the letters and what that's about. And what he's going to focus on now is something that we've brought up in the past, which is this idea that like when we look at the story of creation and and God creating the world through the utterances, there are only 10 utterances and there's like millions and millions of types of creation. So how is this possible? So this goes back to this idea of the general vitality versus the more specific vitality. How when we look at the 10 utterances, these 10 utterances created different types of creation in a general sense and from those 10 utterances came about many different permutations and combinations and substitutions that are not specifically written in the Torah but they are what creates the more individual types of creation from those more general types of creation. So the example that the Altar is going to give us here is when it comes to the firmament. So he's going to talk about the fact that we see that it it there's there's a general type of firmament, and then there's more individualistic types of firmaments. There's seven individualistic types of firmaments specifically. So in the the mentioning the, the utterance about the firmament in the story of creation, which is in Rishis chapter one, verse six, it says, Yehira kia the gomel. So there shall be a, a firmament, etc. So in that statement of there shall be a firmament, it actually was not just one firmament. This is the same statement that brought about the seven types of firmaments and um and all of the heavenly hosts that came about with them so that's so according to judaism there's seven firmaments and different types of heavenly hosts and then the altar over here gives us an example of some of these firmaments he, he tells us about three of them but there's actually seven and uh from a note that i'm seeing in uh in lessons in tanya i believe that you can actually look up all the seven firmaments if you want in masachat chagiga page 12b. And so what are the three examples of the firmaments that the altar gives us here is he says, first of all, there's the shakim, which the shakim is one type of firmament in which stands the millstones that grind mana for tzaddikim. So very interesting. Then there's the zvol, which is where the Jerusalem and the base Hamikdash stands and the, as well, well as the altar. And there's the machon, which is the storage house for the snow and different types of hail and things like that. So very interesting. So there's different types of firmaments in the world. And so the basic idea here that the altar was trying to bring out is he's saying that uh, all of the 
details of each one of these firmaments, like each one is very specific, each one of them comes about through a specific combination and uh, permutation of the letters of the words from this original phrase, Ikea, and different substitutions and things like that, um, which is in accordance with each, each one. Like each one of these firmaments requires a very specific type of vitality to it. And each type of combination and each type of substitution of the letters and things like that brings about, contains within it a different type of life force and a different type of, of vitality and power in it. Um, so basically, so just to sum that part up, so basically when it when we read into it, it says, that's giving us like a general sense, like a sense of like, okay, this this utterance of Yehirakia was the general creation, gave the general vitality for all of the firmaments. But then in order to create all of the individual firmaments, this word had to be combined and changed around in different kinds of combinations and permutations of the letters and substitutions in order to bring about the specific vitality for every single one of the firmaments. Now the altar is going to bring up a new idea, which is very interesting, that when you look at a word, then every letter that is that comes before it in the specific combination that you have. So let's say you took the letters and they got combined and they created a specific word. So for every letter in that word, the one that proceed that is precedent, the one that precedes every letter that precedes the other, is the one that dominates. And it is the main one in this particular creation. And all the rest are more subordinate to it. And they actually get encompassed in its light. And this explains why it is that you can have, this might be a question that might have occurred to you, that you can have different types of creation that are made up of the same letters, but they're just in different combinations, like they're acronyms of one another. So it's like, how could you have two different types of creations that are so different, but yet they're made up of the same letters? If you actually look at the letters... So the reason why is because the main energy of the word, like the energy that dominates the word is that first initial letter. And then as each you go through each letter after that, then each letter after that becomes progressively more subordinate to that initial light. So, uh, so that's how you can have different types of creations that are made up of the same letters if those letters are, are manifest in different combinations. And so too, not just in terms of the combinations of letters, but also when it comes to their substitutions and their transpositions. So there's this idea, like, for example, we can substitute letters in uh, in Kabbalah, like where certain letters are kind of interchangeable in certain circumstances. Like, for example, an Aleph can be substituted for an Ayn and things like that. So through all of these types of different, like, mathematical equations kind of that you can do with the letters, this can create all kinds of different um, types of energies, this different types of creations through this. And so basically like, and also the way to understand this, this is how the ultra concludes, is that when you have, let's say you have like that orig original word, let's say rakia we're talking about. And if you were to take that original word rakia, which means firmament, and if you were to start transposing and substituting the letters, then these new uh, created beings are coming about from these new substituted letters. And so that's, they're going to be slightly lower. Like they're going to be somewhat lower than the original letters that they came from. Like their vital flow is not going to be as manifest, which relates back to something that we had spoken about on in a previous episode that when those 
those creations that were mentioned explicitly in the 10 utterances of creation, there's something a little bit more like supernatural, something more magical about them. Like when you think about the celestial bodies, when you think about light, when you think about the heavens, things like that, like there's something that we all kind of recognize uh, in the world universally as, as them being something divine somewhat. Like they're their energy flow isn't as muted as the other things in the world that, and that's, and when we break it down in a technical kind of letter sense, that's because all the other things in the world came about through the more substitutions, like it had to go through some kind of transformation. So we're not getting the energy in as pure of a format. So that's the end of this section today. So I hope that was interesting to you and maybe it will give you a little bit more of an appreciation now of even when you look at mundane like inventions, like everyday inventions and understanding how amazing it is that here on a physical realm, it's like you can take different types of things that already exist and you can put them together and create something new. So really this is a very similar process by which how God creates the world and creates all of the things in existence is by taking the different letters and combining them and permutating them into new forms. So that's it for today. And we will continue tomorrow when we conclude the chapter and we conclude this safer. Shari Chodvamana. Very exciting. I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzhak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.